Hi guys, welcome or welcome back to my podcast. Today I'm doing a solo episode at the moment of the recording. It's my birthday and I have a little bit of spare time. So I was like, yeah, why not start recording this episode? Um, I've been thinking about doing a solo episode for a few days now. And uh, yeah, I felt like it was the right time to do so. So this episode is going to be more like a self reflection episode from everything that happened this year and the previous years as well gonna talk about um, how I see the future for myself uh, my personal travel experience and future travel plans Uh, we're also gonna talk about what I have planned for the podcast and yeah I hope you guys enjoyed this episode So first things first about the podcast, uh, what I have envisioned is doing 10 weeks of each season. So this one is a little bit of an introduction season. I have conversations with people that have moved abroad or travel a lot. And um, and then for the future seasons, we're going to focus on just one matter Next season, we're going to have couples on the show. So people that have met abroad or that have been traveling together as a couple and that are still together or maybe not together. I'll see Um, if you want to share your experience. Feel free to DM me or to email me uh, at gmail.com. Um, But yeah, so here we're basically meet season and I think I'm going to do that for every season, like every five episodes, just do like uh, mid-season thoughts with you guys. Um, I really enjoyed this these five first episodes with all the people that I've been talking to. Um, it was a little bit intimidating in the beginning and now I really know where I want to go with this podcast and I truly really enjoy having those conversations with these amazing people and yeah just if you have any feedbacks please 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 let me know by email or on my Instagram and um, yeah so basically after these 10 episodes uh, I'm gonna have like a three weeks break just to sort out who I want to talk to for the future episode and just take a little bit of time for myself this end of the year is gonna be really really busy for me and um, and yeah I just need to prepare myself mentally and uh, make sure that I have everything sorted um but basically my plans as of now uh where can i start so my dream of coming to australia uh was to i think settle down and then halfway through my first year i wasn't sure if I wanted to stay or not like I like this experience it was truly amazing but I still wanted to travel and I didn't really want to settle in one place but then when my second year was almost up I was like okay I need to come up with a plan I don't want to leave right now I need to find something so I decided um, why not just go back to my studies 
So um, yeah, I decided to apply for a student visa. I took a package, which is two years. So the first year that I'm almost done with is hospitality management course. And then the second year will be the advanced diploma of this hospitality management. Um, so for those who don't know, um, for you to be able to stay permanently in Australia, you need to get sponsored or do a partnership visa. Um, I don't have a partner, so that is not into, um, how can I say this? So yeah, this is just not an option for me. And, uh, so the second option would get sponsored by a company. But because back home I didn't get a degree and I don't have enough management experience, uh, there's no, at this point, there's no chances of me getting a sponsorship. So I, I checked with an immigration agency and what they said is that I need to get so these two diplomas, that would be enough. And then trying to get more experience into management in hospitality. So that's what I'm trying to get. But obviously with COVID, it was a little bit harder for me to find uh, stuff, but we're getting there. Um, so yeah, so I'm almost done my first year and then next year I'm going to do so the advanced course. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm more into events. So I don't know if after this I want to do one more year into events management and I would move to Sydney or if I go straight for the sponsorship here in Cairns, um, which would be easier. Um, it's just so complicated. Um, when you get, so first of all, you get your sponsorship and then you need to stay two years with, work two years for that company. Um, once your sponsorship is approved, you can apply for a permanent residency. So all of this together can take about four to five years. And then after that, you can apply for citizenship. But when you live in uh, far north Queensland or in the Northern Territory, and I think also WA, but I'm not sure, don't quote me on that. Um, you can get your permanent residency directly with your uh, sponsorship. So if your sponsorship gets approved, you also have your permanent residency approved and then it's just filing for citizenship. So if I move to Sydney and then I try to get a sponsorship in Sydney, it's going to take me longer in the long run to get a permanent residency and then citizenship. Whereas if I just suck it up a little bit and stay here in far north Queensland, um, it will take me less time uh, to get citizenship in the long run. So I still need to figure all of this out and think about, uh, yeah, where, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to manage everything. And, but as of now, uh, so I'm working in the supermarket. It's a really good pay and I have set hours. I just got uh, my work-based training sorted. I'm gonna work in a four-star hotel, a resort, and we'll see how it goes from there if I can get a job after that. Um, I don't know. 
it all depends on what they have to offer and also what will be my performance performances performances sorry um during my work-based training so yeah that's that's kind of my five-year plan finish my studies uh get sponsored and get the citizenship once i get the citizenship I will think about maybe buying a house, an apartment here in Australia, and then I will just keep on traveling. Um, there's so many things I still want to see, but I just want to have that home base uh, for me to just travel around the world. I don't see myself going back to Belgium or anywhere else in Europe, and especially not now with what's happening with COVID. So the plan is to settle quote-unquote settle here and just like make my way around Australia so yeah that's a little bit of my life update so I received a few dms asking me to talk about how I got here in Australia like what was my travel experience before that if I have any stories to talk about and yeah I have like a lot of stories so I guess you guys should take a snack and a drink because I talk a lot. <laughs> um, so travel, my love for travel, I think started when I was a kid. Um, so I was born in Africa and then we moved to Belgium. I was only three years old. Um, my mom didn't really have the funds for us to go on holiday so we weren't really traveling like even going around Belgium it was a little bit complicated for us because my mom was working full-time and we didn't have time to go on holiday but a few teachers and a few parents managed to sign me up for a non-profitable association that were sending kids uh, in Switzerland on holiday for two weeks and so I went with them three years in a row and it was absolutely amazing so after that my mom was earning a little bit more money and um, we found this program that was organizing holidays for teenagers like it was from 15 years old to 25 you could just like book a package and then go on holidays with other people we were like group of 20 to 30 kids and uh so with them, I went to Croatia, Spain, Cyprus, Turkey, and um, it was not really solo traveling because I was with other people, but all these other people were traveling with their friends um, and I was by myself, but then I made some friends and we travel in Cyprus, Spain and Turkey all together. It was really amazing. Um, and then after that, uh, when I got my first job, uh, I saved a little bit of money and I was looking at going on holiday. I was trying to go with my friends, but you know how it is. It's always, yeah, let's do this, let's do that. But there's always something, someone is working, someone is studying or someone doesn't have the budget to do to do whatever. So I was just looking at flights on Skyscanner and then I don't know why, I started putting like Brussels to New York or Los Angeles and stuff like that 
And then I ended up finding flights. So from Brussels to Miami, direct flight for 350 euros return, which is super duper cheap. Um, and I didn't think twice. I just booked the flight and then I worried about the details after that. Um, I then realized how expensive it was uh, for the hotels. And um, luckily I found a hostel uh, where you could like in their rate, you would have breakfast, lunch and dinner included. And it was kind of a party hostel. So I was like, yeah, why not? It's going to be nice. It's going to be social. I've never been into a hostel. So let's just let's just book that. But I think like flights and accommodation included, I paid maybe only 600 euros. Like it was honestly, it was nothing. Um, so yeah. So then I travel when I first arrived in the airport. I'm not going to lie. I, I started having a little bit of a panic attack. I started crying. I was like, oh my God, oh, what am I doing here? I'm a bit scared. Uh, I don't know anything. And it's funny because I can, I'm obviously bilingual, right? I speak, my first language is French and I also do speak English. So it wasn't, I wasn't that lost. It's just because when I arrived at the airport, it's so close um, to the Caribbeans and everything. Like there were a lot of people speaking Spanish. So I was a little bit, I think I was a little bit confused, uh, but it was all right. Like I found a uh, transport to go to the hostel and the driver was super nice. And he asked me if I was traveling by myself. He said, oh, do you know what's going on? And I was like, no, like what's going on? And actually I booked uh, my trip massive like a lot of uh, african-americans that would fly to miami and i had no idea how big this thing was until i was there and it was honestly it was the best experience ever everybody was super nice like talking to me in the streets or they would see I would be by myself in the hostel and people would just come to me and say, hey, come with us, we're going to the beach or come with us, we're going for food, we're going for drinks. Like, um, yeah, it was honestly super nice. I met so many nice people. And then, like I said, it was like a party hostel. So they had pub crawls organized. It was the first time I was taking um, a party bus. Like it was honestly, it was wild. It was amazing. And already at that time, uh, obviously, I had this dream of going to Australia, but I wasn't really sure. Like everybody was like, no, don't don't leave. Establish yourself first in Belgium and then maybe you'll think about traveling in Australia, blah, blah, blah. But doing that solo trip really gave me the strength that I needed for me to to just go for it. So as soon as I got back, I applied for uh, my working holiday visa in Australia. It got granted after two weeks and um, I started like planning uh, my way here. But um, so when I traveled to Miami uh, in Belgium, you don't really have we don't use credit card. So I had to apply for a credit card to go to Miami and that's where troubles started for me so i was using a lot that credit card but it was hard for me to paying it off and then i applied for another credit card and i was just big 
basically going back and forth, paying one credit card with the other and then paying that credit card with the other one. Like it was fucked up. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't. I was living with my mom at the time and I didn't tell her that I had these issues with money. Uh, so I was planning that trip and um, a few months before leaving, I met someone and uh, fell in love and I had a full-time job at the time, but I wasn't really happy in that job. Uh, but I mean, I only had a few months to go, so I was like, I'll just suck it up. Uh, but it was really getting into my mental health and uh, at some point it was just too much uh, I got actually not fired but let go of that job just before my departure uh, my boyfriend dumped me and uh, I was a bit like on a war not a war but my mom didn't want me to go to Australia she thought that I wasn't ready to go and I mean she was right like financially I was absolutely not ready to go I had all these thefts with the credit cards and I had no real plan so after I lost everything I mean everything like my boyfriend my job and whatnot I fell into a depression and I I just couldn't sleep, I couldn't do anything anymore and I was taking medication to help me sleep and to help me relax because I was having panic attacks and stuff. I wasn't going out anymore, I didn't want to see anyone, I didn't want to talk to anyone and it was a really, really rough time. Uh, so I cancelled my departure for Australia and I just didn't want to think or talk about it anymore. Um, so this was back in 2017. Um, so after a few months, I started talking to people on the um, travel group. It's a backpacking, backpack, f solo female backpacking, sorry. Um, and I decided to organize a meetup with uh, people from Belgium, decided to go to Brussels and just like, you know, meet new people, just have a conversation with them and try to change my mind. Um, we were not that many, we were maybe five or six. And there was this one girl that was uh, living a nomadic life. She has been living overseas for like 10 year plus And she got back in Belgium because she got pregnant and it was just, it was just easier for her to deliver her baby in Belgium, like it was safer for her. And so we were just talking and uh, I was telling her my story and then she said, look, I know that you were working in a call center and you probably don't want to work in there anymore. But in Portugal at the moment, they are hiring a lot of people from all around Europe. Um, you're bilingual, so you get paid a little bit more. Just apply for the job, try it out. Portugal is literally next door. If you don't like it, you can always come back. Um, so that same night, um, so we saw each other on a Friday. I applied for the job. And on the Monday, I received a call from uh, the HR department. I started going through all the tests and the interviews that took about a week. 
And so the Monday they called me for the first interview. The Friday I was doing my last interview and they offered me a position and they said, are you able to leave next week? And I was like, yeah, fuck this, I'm going. So I I had a car at the time and I just told my mom, yeah, I'm just leaving the car here, take care of it. Uh, I'm packing my stuff, I'm leaving in a week. And um, yeah, that's what I did. So I left for Portugal. Uh, it was it was nice because so I had the job that was secure and they were offering uh, apartments and stuff. So I didn't have to worry about finding a, my own place, etc. Um, and it was really nice. Like Portugal was absolutely amazing. It was never in my bucket list going to Portugal for some reason. And it was just an amazing surprise. Um, so I was living in Lisbon in the city center. And it was honestly like, it was absolutely amazing. So I did that for a few months. And then I was like, okay, this is this is okay. This is doable. I can I can do this. I can go to Australia. This is what I really want. Uh, but like time had passed. Like it had been a whole year without me going on my working holiday visa. So my visa had expired. And normally for any any country on a working holiday visa, if you don't set foot in the country at least once um, between the time your visa got granted and expires, they give you a year. If you don't set foot in the country, then the visa is lost and normally you can't apply again. So I sent them, I sent an email to the immigration. I said, yeah, uh, had issues. I couldn't leave. Can I, can I go again? Or is it, is it lost? And did I just like miss my chance of realizing my biggest dream? Uh, they emailed me back after a few days and said, yeah, it's all good. As long as you pay for the fees again, you can apply. There's no problem. So that's what I did. So this is October 2017. I got my visa again within two weeks. Uh, I didn't tell anybody, like literally no one. I quit my job that I had. And then I said to my mom, yeah. I'm coming home on that day. Please pick me up at the airport. And then when she picked me up and we were in the car, I was like, okay, so I'm here for 10 days and then I'm going to travel Southeast Asia and then I'm going to Australia. Uh, honestly, I don't know. My mom could have had a heart attack or <laughs> just killed me so many times. Um, now that I think about it, I'm just like, wow, you were savage kid. Um, but you know, she, she knew it was one of my biggest dream and she was a little bit worried, but she just let me go. Uh, so yeah, I stayed 10 days, saw all my friends, said goodbye to the people I wanted to say goodbye to. And then, yeah, I had planned to travel around Malaysia. So just do a loop around the country, go to Singapore and then uh, fly to Melbourne. But things didn't really go as planned. Um, so I arrived in Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur, stayed a few days there. And then I made my way up to Penang. Uh, 
um, and then I went to Georgetown, which was absolutely amazing. I recommend going to Georgetown is the best street food that you can find and the place is absolutely amazing. Um, I stayed there in a hostel called Tipsy Tiger and that's where I met um, my gang, the gang. Uh, we called each other the Tipsy Tiger gang. Um, so yeah, I met a few people there and they asked me, they were like, oh, we're going uh, on Langkawi. It's uh, just half an hour ferry do you want to come with us we're going there for a few days and I was like mm, yeah okay why not I have a few spare days I can do that so we went to Langkawi uh, the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen in my life it was absolutely amazing I feel like I say this a lot but yes it was amazing um, so we went to Langkawi all together and uh, from there, they were like, oh, do you want to come to Kolipe with us? Like, it's in Thailand. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. I have this flight in Singapore and I had this, this, this. But uh, the time I was there was wet season. So the other half of my, like the east coast of Malaysia was, it was unsure if you could go on the islands on that side. So I was like, okay, I might as well just completely change my plans. So I went to Kolipe with them, which is known to be one of the most beautiful islands in Thailand. And yeah, it was it was a, a gem, like for sure. So we went to Kolipe and then we went to Kolenta, Kopipi. And then uh, I had like three days to get my flight from Singapore. But I decided to change my flight and go to Koh Panyang for the full moon party. And I'm so glad I did because I was like, yeah, 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 I'll have all time to go again. And look at me two and a half years later, I haven't been back and now we're in the fucking COVID, whatever. So I don't even know when all these full moon parties are going to happen again. Anyways, so I went to Koh Panyang and then had to go all the way down to Singapore um, to catch my flight for Melbourne. Um, it was, it was a crazy month. Like I stayed, I think I say six weeks, uh, traveling around Malaysia and, uh, Thailand. And yeah, like most of the episode that I recorded with other people is the main thing that comes back again. Don't plan. Like, yes, look at some stuff that you really want to do. Like maybe where you're going to stay for us girls, um, I I prefer booking in advance sometimes, but you can also just go around and talk to a few people and just book your uh, hostel on that day. But try not to book flights too long in advance and stuff like that because you never know what can happen. And it's also good to leave a little bit of flexibility to, you know, do stuff with other people that have been traveling for longer than you and that know more stuff or if you meet local people just follow them like don't be scared um because that's when the real adventure starts and um so i flew to melbourne on the 5th or the 6th of december or was it 7th anyway so i flew to melbourne and I got like a bit of uh, panic attack anxiety 
Uh, for the first two weeks, I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I secluded myself in my hostel room and I was really lost. Like I didn't know, yeah, I really didn't know what I was doing there and if this was the right decision. Um, and I didn't, I spent like a lot of money in Southeast Asia and I still had like issues with those credit cards. And I was like, man, this country is expensive. I need to find a job. And everybody was like, oh, you speak English, like you're fluent, you'll find a job super easily. And it was not as easy as that. Uh, so I stayed in Melbourne for a month. I couldn't find a job and I was running low on money. I had maybe, I think I had $250 left and I spent $200 for a flight and then almost $50 for one night in a, ho in a hostel. Um, but I got a job the next day at that hostel. So I wasn't paying rent. I was eating out of the free food and I found a few cleaning jobs. So I was getting $20 here and there. That was just enough for me to buy food and pay for transport. But yeah, my first three, four months in Australia, I was literally eating out of free stuff. I could barely buy myself food and uh, it was emotionally draining and it was really, really hard. And I was just like, this is not, this is absolutely not what I expected. And one day I was just working in the hostel, cleaning the kitchen. And one of the girls I was working with just looks at me and she's like, are you okay? And I just started crying. Like I was like, I'm done with this. I'm going home. And I went to the manager of the hostel and I said, look, I can't do this anymore. I don't have a job. I need money. I'm eating out of the free food. I, I just, it's not what I expected. I just can't do this anymore. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to book a flight home. And she was like, no, don't go, don't go home. Uh, we need you, we'll find a solution. And um, lucky for me at the time, one of the, the assistant manager was going on holiday for a month. She was doing the East Coast. And uh, so the manager of the hostel offered me her position uh, for just that month as a replacement, getting trained and then we'll see how it goes. Uh, they had other hostels where I could work. Uh, she was like, we'll find a solution. So I started working at reception and doing events as well. So I was pretty much working full time and um, it was really nice because I had some connections in town. So that's how I managed basically to go out all the time for free. Like I wasn't paying, if I was going to the clubs where that I was promoting, they would never made me pay for the entrance. And then sometimes I was getting free drinks and stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I, I had the, the job at the hostel. So I wasn't paying for rent and then I was getting paid as well. So, yeah, so I started working for them and then they offered me another replacement position, uh, this time for a hotel, ma hostel manager, sorry. Uh, I did that for a few weeks and then they were like, oh, uh, would you be able to move to Cairns to help us out? We're opening a new hostel. And I wasn't so sure. I started feeling comfortable in Sydney. I loved uh, where I was living and everything. And I really didn't want to go to up to Cairns. But I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's try. So, yeah, so they paid for my flight. And, um, and I arrived in this hostel 
northern greenhouse it was cold and it was just a nightmare if i'm being honest it was because the hostels in sydney were small hostels it was like a hundred people capacity and then this hostel was like uh at the time i think it was 200 and then they put it up to 250 capacity um and it was really 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 hard uh and at that point it was just too much i wasn't sure if i wanted to stay in australia wanted to work in hospitality still i was i was really lost like i stayed there i helped them out uh, setting up the hostel and everything and then in January 2018 no 2019 sorry uh, I left to go back home I was like I need to see my family I need to see my friends I haven't seen anyone in 14 months uh, I don't know what I'm doing I just yeah I just need to go at the time I had applied for my second working holiday visa but it didn't get approved yet. And normally if you, so when you apply for another visa and your visa expired, they put you on what we call the bridging visa. That gives you the same right as your current visa, but you cannot leave the country. Unless you have a good reason, you need to pay extra money to leave the country. And then they ask you, where are you going? How long are you leaving for? Uh, when are you coming back? And I didn't do any of that. I just left the country and I was like, we'll see how it goes. So for me, when I left, I thought that they would just cancel uh, my visa application. And I was like, right, uh, Australia is out of, it's just out of the question. So now I need to find another solution. I don't want to stay in uh, Belgium, uh, but I don't know where else to go. So I was preparing to go to Canada. Um, I had applied for the visa. I got selected because you need you need to get selected when you apply for a working visa, working holiday visa in Canada. And it was super fast. So I was doing all the paperwork. And then one night I received an email saying, uh, we've noticed that you left the, from uh, the Australian immigration. We've noticed that you have left the country on that day. Uh, you want a bridging visa. We are finalizing your visa application. You have two options. Either you withdraw your your application and you apply again from overseas and you pay the fees again. Either you come back in the country within the 28 days and so we can fin finish processing your visa. I honestly didn't think twice. I asked my mom if she could lend me some money and um, I just left again. <laughs> so uh, I stayed until the last minute. Like I arrived in the country like on the 28th day that they gave me. Um, I sent them an email and my visa was granted within five hours, literally within five hours. Um, so I went back to the job that I had, the hostels. Uh, they offered me a job pretty much almost straight away as a event manager. And I did that plus the bar, also work in a restaurant for the whole year. It was crazy going out a lot, 
trying to make some connections. Um, but then I fell into a routine that it was not a routine. It was just like fucked up. I was working almost every day and going out almost every day. Uh, I was between, I don't know, 30 to 50 hours and then going out, not getting much sleep. My diet was absolutely terrible, uh, drinking every day, taking drugs. And I was just becoming a person that I I didn't like. I couldn't recognize myself anymore. My friends were worried about me, but I was just not listening to them. Uh, I was getting offended every time someone would bring up the conversation like, hey, are you okay? Or, you know, you should stop drinking that much or you should not take that many drugs and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, whatever, just doing whatever I want. But deep down, I wasn't I wasn't doing well. This is not what I wanted. So I was like, okay, uh, you're applying for the student visa. You need to pull yourself together. Uh, you need to decide what you want to do, and like if this is if it's, this is the life that you want, like it's you're not it's not gonna get you far. Um, so to make it easier, I decided to cut off literally everything. I left Cairns for Gold Coast. I stopped drinking, stopped taking drugs, and everything, and just settled down. Um, I've been having a spiritual awakening. Um, that helped me a lot with my journey and yeah this year has been really healing taking care of myself and just like trying to figure out where all these issues are coming from and just deal with it instead of just like getting drunk all the time and despite the pandemic yeah it has it has been a really good year for me and I'm really, really grateful for all of that. And in the process, I found something that I really love and that I want to keep on doing. Like, I really love this podcast and it's it was hard in the beginning, but now, like, I feel more and more comfortable. I also like the blog, even if right now I'm not really writing much, but I want to get back to it. And then I'm trying out the YouTube channel as well, see how it goes. I'm still camera shy, so I don't know how this is going to go, but we'll see. Um, And yeah, really what I want to show to people throughout this podcast is anybody can do it. It just all depends on you. I I was lucky because I had a lot of people having my back and without all my friends and my family supporting me financially and mentally, I don't think I'll be where I am right now. Uh, but even if you don't have that help, there will always be someone to help you out and... Um, yeah, like it demands some sacrifices. Like I don't have my own place. I don't have a car. I barely have any clothes. Like I think all my stuff, they pretty much uh, fit into a big suitcase and that's it. That's all I have. That's all my life. Um, So you just need to be aware of that. And also that there will be times where you will doubt yourself 
where it will be really, really hard and you will not know who to talk to, like what to do, but you you just can't give up. You just need to deal with it and it will be very rewarding at the end of the day. And yeah, I don't know, like it has been an amazing journey for me and I'm just very excited about the future. I have so many plans and so many projects like now I know I know where I'm from, I know who I am and I know where I'm going and I think travel has really helped me with finding myself and um, I don't think I would have been able to do all this shadow work back home like it would have taken longer for me to figure all of this out and yeah like if you doubt if you don't know if this would be suitable for you just try it out like you can always go back uh you don't have to live a nomadic life you can just like travel and go on holiday every once in a while but is i find it better when you slow travel when you take the time to talk to locals take the time to uh, visit an area even if you don't see everything just take the time to do one thing deeply than doing 10,000 things uh, really quick and not taking the time to appreciate what you're doing with who you are and um, and yeah that's pretty much all I wanted to share today um Let me know if this is the kind of episode that you want to have more. I can I can always include that a little bit more into in between all of my interviews. And um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week with some more travel inspo and uh, beautiful souls coming into the show. I I don't know. Now I think I'm going to have a power nap and then get ready for my Britney Spears birthday party. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Love you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at Cocoa Butter Travel. Make sure you leave me a review on Apple Podcast and your rating. Also follow me on Spotify and I'll see you next week.